0: I'm Kristen Pleasanton, Deputy Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. With me in the studio is Liz Farrell, Communications Manager at Winnetor Museum, Garden and Library. And I also have, um, talking to us by phone today, uh, the Assistant Curator, Lisa Minardi. Welcome to Delaware State of the Arts.
1: Thank you. We're delighted to be here.
0: Liz, I know at Winotur you're coming off a wonderfully successful year and season that featured the costumes of Downton Abbey. Yes. So I'd love for you to share, you know, the impact
1: that had at Winotur, the results, how everyone's feeling and doing. Great. Um, yeah, it was an extraordinary year for everyone at Tour, and we were delighted to welcome really hundreds of thousands of, of visitors uh, we broke records across the institution. Our wow. uh, number of visitors was about 230,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was amazing. Wonderful. It's a, more than double an average year for us. Uh-huh. And one of the really nice things is that uh, we you know, drew in people who had never been to tour before, and we also attracted back a lot of people who hadn't been there in years. And so most people told us they would be coming back. Oh, great. And so we're very excited about that. We've got some wonderful programming in 2015. And um, it's just been a great year. It's been so exciting. I'm sure. It must be
0: really gratifying, too, for everyone involved. The people that planned it, the, the volunteers that got to greet the crowds. I mean, it just must have been a wonderful experience all around.
1: It absolutely was. And, of course, the idea uh, emanated from Dr. David Roselle, director of Tour, um, who's a fan of the show, but also uh, was watching it one night and thought, you know, this is a wonderful parallel to Winter Tour. Uh, which is the American country estate equivalent to the Downton Abbey, British uh, country estate of the time. Right. And so it was really a, a fabulous educational tool, and uh, as you say, just a really exciting experience for everyone.
0: Definitely, and, and a broad appeal, as you mentioned. Um, people came from all over, but um, I'll just tell you, three generations of my family came together, my son and my parents and myself, so we all wow. enjoyed it as well. So oh, great, great. Um, so... That was one of the the great things that's just happened. And we know that Winnetur has has taken a break um, for about a month and you're getting ready to reopen. And you have a wonderful exhibit um, that will be on display when you open on March 1st. I want to talk about that a little bit.
1: Yes, I sure would love to. And uh, we have with us here today Lisa Minardi, as you mentioned. Uh, Lisa is the curator for this very exciting exhibition. called A Colorful Folk, Pennsylvania Germans and the uh, Art of Everyday Life. She is uh, also working with the uh, Philadelphia Museum of Art on a similar exhibition they're having, and also the um, Free Museum of, uh, or the Free Library of Philadelphia. Uh, Lisa is a very renowned uh, expert in Pennsylvania German fraktur, and we're uh-huh. very Uh, grateful to have her with us at Winotour. We do share her expertise with others, and so there's going to be a region-wide celebration over the next year uh, with Philadelphia on Fractor, but Winotour has a major new exhibition that she has uh, curated or is in the process of completing, and I'm sure she'd be very happy to tell us more. That sounds great. Lisa, can you tell us um, about the exhibit, sort of
0: the scope, and um, what types of objects might be on display?
2: Sure, absolutely. The um, exhibition will open on March 1st, and it's really been a, a year or so in the making, but the, the ball got rolling early last year when uh, Winterthur announced the acquisition of uh, 121 fractor, which are decorated Germanic manuscripts and nearly 200 textiles from the estate of a man named Pastor Frederick S. Weiser, who was a really legendary collector and scholar of Pennsylvania German art. And it was one of the largest acquisitions in Winterthur's history. And so, you know, the idea started forming in my mind that it would be great to be able to put many of these new pieces on display in an exhibition. And then with the exhibitions in Philadelphia, at the Art Museum and the Free Library, it was just a a great opportunity to have all of these things gel and really make the Delaware Valley a destination for people interested in in folk art and Pennsylvania history. So the Winterthur exhibition is uh, a little bit different from the other two in that it's very uh, multimedia in terms of the objects that will be in it. There will be lots of the fracture, these decorated manuscripts, but there will also be a number of textiles, things like quilts and needlework. Uh, some clothing, for example, will be in it. Um, also some fantastic furniture, some painted objects, a great inlaid clock, um, ironwork, redwood pottery. It, it's really a, a broad brush look at the full gamut of Pennsylvania German folk art.
0: Wow, that's exciting. Um what is the um the time frame that these pieces cover?
2: The date range of the yes, objects? Yes. Um, there are pieces from the early 18th century, I would say from as early as the 1740s uh, wow. through the, you know, almost through the mid mid 1800s, the Civil War period, so a, a, a century or more. That's
0: great. Um, Can you also explain who exactly are the Pennsylvania Germans? And um, are they a group that has come from from Germany, settled in Pennsylvania? Are they bound by their religions or from their cultural heritage? Or or just explain who this um, population is.
2: Sure. It's actually a fairly diverse group that's being referred to by this sort of umbrella term, Pennsylvania German or were often popularly, they're referred to as the Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay. Um, but Dutch was actually a, um, a period term used in the 18th century to refer to German-speaking people. Oh. Um, so so Pennsylvania Dutch, Pennsylvania German, um, they were uh, immigrants from German-speaking Europe. There there was no Germany the way we think of it today yep, yep. until 1871. Um, so they're coming from different regions, The vast majority, about 90%, are from, um, well, they're either of the Lutheran or the German Reformed faith. And most of them are coming from the Rhine River Valley region in southwestern Germany. Um, But the other groups, the other 10% include the Amish and the Mennonites, who are mainly coming from Switzerland. Another group, the Moravians, coming from what's now the Czech Republic. And yet another group was the Schwankfelders, who were from an area known as Silesia, uh, far eastern Germany, now part of Poland. Oh, okay, so this art form
0: sort of um, was a, a common factor throughout these groups.
2: Yeah, they all, you know, basically had this penchant for decorating everything. <laughs> You know, from their, you know, tiny uh, forks and pin cushions and things all the way to, you know, their enormous barns. Think of with the the barn stars or so-called hex signs on them and weather vanes. Uh, You know, just an extraordinarily creative people. And there's there's certainly nuances within the different locales and religious traditions. But in general, there's this penchant for decorating everything.
0: And in what parts of Pennsylvania did did they settle?
2: Mm. They settled um, primarily in southwestern Pennsylvania uh, beginning in 1683 when Germantown was founded uh, northwest of Philadelphia, but soon spreading elsewhere. Um, There's particular counties that are especially German. Uh, For example, when the first United States census is taken in 1790, Berks County is about 85 percent German. Uh, Lancaster County, I think, is 75 percent. But even Chester County which we think of as a, a very Quaker uh, place, had a very heavy German concentration in the northern part of the county. Oh, so they okay. were sort of all over the, the southeastern region. And who
0: is creating the artwork? Is it um, men, women, um, are children involved? Who, who are the artists?
2: Hmm. Um, many different types of artists, and a lot of them are you know, self, self-taught artists who don't have academic training, In terms of fructure, the decorated manuscripts, the majority of artists are schoolmasters. Some of them are ministers, so they tend to be male artists. Um, Until the 19th century, we see some female fructure artists. But they were the people who, first of all, they were literate, so they could produce these documents, and they had access to writing materials um, through their work. Uh, The needlework and quilts, of course, are made by young women and, and housewives, Um, And then there's professional cabinet makers and blacksmiths, potters who are working with local red clay to make the ceramics. Um, So there's people who did it as well as a a full-time professional occupation.
0: Um, Are there also sort of patterns and designs that cross over to the different objects?
2: Yes, and that's one of, I think, the great things about the Winotour exhibition, since it's so mixed media. People will be able to see that. Um, for example, tulips are just on everything. <laughs> the Pennsylvania loved tulips, so we have lots of pieces with tulips on them. Um, parrots were a popular motif, and it may sound slightly strange to think of, but there actually was a parrot species uh, native to the area. It was called the Carolina parakeet. It uh, unfortunately uh, became extinct in the early 1900s, But there were these bright green parrots with red and yellow uh, markings on them flying around, and we see those represented in the folk art. Um, And then there's some unique things, like there's a painted chest in the exhibition that has a pair of camels on it, (laughs) uh, which I've not seen on anything else. Um, And so who knows where the artist got that idea, you know, from a a traveling circus or an engraving or something. Um, But but there's just endless variety and creativity.
0: Well, they are really fun to look at, and I think especially the Fracteur, um, when you look closely, you see um, there's lots of floral and fauna, but also human figures, um, kind of primitive, but uh, most of them have a, have a smile on their face. I think it's just very um, approachable art that you can relate to, and I, I think it also brings a smile to your face when you're looking at some of these things.
2: I, absolutely, I agree, I, and that was what attracted me in the first place to Pennsylvania folk art because it was so colorful and so interesting. And you, you could, um, you know, envision people as part of their everyday lives owning and using these objects. That it didn't have to be a very expensive work of art that they commissioned, um, but it was very much you know of the culture and, and resonated with that through and through.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, I want to take a moment to remind our listeners that you are tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Today I'm talking with Liz Farrell, the Communications Manager at Winterthur, and the Assistant Curator, Lisa Minardi. Um, Lisa, let's just talk a little bit about um, the visitor experience when they um, visit a colorful folk. What are they going to expect and see?
2: Sure. Well, it's in one of our main exhibition galleries, and so they will, uh, you know, when you walk in the galleries, they're going to see in the introduction this really amazing group of objects from a a large painted wardrobe and uh, a painted chest with camels and flowers on it, weather vanes on the wall, a redware plate. You know, we will be kind of confronted with the whole mixed-media variety of objects in the exhibition. And then we've organized the show into um, five main sections. The first one is called Looking Closely, and it examines the pigments and the the tools and materials used by Froctor artists to make these decorated manuscripts. And then it also has a section on um, that I've called Revival survival, or fraud um, that deals with, you know, original pieces and how do you tell the difference between later, um, usually early early 20th century revival examples and then out and out forgeries or fakes and how Um. we're able to analyze the differences. So I think that will be very interesting. And then the rest of the show is organized in the sort of parts of people's lives where they would use or encounter these objects. And so there's a section on the home, Um, that will have a a vignette with furniture displayed in it, um, a cast-iron stove for heating the room, quilts, cooking implements, things like that. And then there's a section on school, the types of uh, objects used within the educational system, writing samples, little rewards of merit children got at school. Um, There's then a section on church that deals with religious artifacts, things like communion vessels, um candlesticks used on the altar of a Catholic church are in that section. And then it wraps up with a section on nation and patriotic symbolism that begins uh, showing up in Pennsylvania German art in the early 19th century and sort of the idea that America is, is forming this new nation that's a very diverse um, country and how do distinctive ethnic groups like the Pennsylvania Germans chart their own identity but also contribute to the formation of an American identity within that.
0: Oh, great. It sounds like it's going to be really informative, but also really special to see you know everything in this one location.
2: I think so. There really has not been a major exhibition of all sorts of uh, media within Pennsylvania German Folk Art. Really, since 1982, 83, when Wintertour in the Philadelphia M- Museum of Art co-organized this huge traveling exhibition of Pennsylvania German art. And since then, there's been shows that focus on, say, Just Furniture or Just Fracture or or other things. But this is an attempt to really give a comprehensive overview and, you know, put back together what all we've learned since that um, 1983 exhibition.
0: Great, great. Um, Liz, so how can um, the visitor find out more about potentially coming to see this
1: exhibit? Best way is to visit uh, Wintertour's website, which is wintertour.org, and I'll spell that. Uh, it's W-I-N-T-E-R-T-H-U-R dot O-R-G, or you can call 800 448 800-448-3883 but the website really is probably the best place because we're constantly updating information on that and there are some beautiful photos of, of Lisa's exhibition that have been posted already. Lots of information and uh, more information will be coming up as it uh, goes online for the exhibition. Great.
0: And okay, let's move on to some of the other highlights of the year that are going to be having at Winature.
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, we're very excited this year that we're going to be expanding some of our gardening programming. And about a year and a half ago, we opened um, the Brown Horticulture Learning Center. And this is a beautiful uh, 3,000 square foot space that was a former greenhouse that was um, repurposed, renovated. And so today we have a lot of gardening programs in there. Um, there are also a lot of, you know, uh, corporate event, member events that go on in there. Uh, it's just a beautiful space, a lot of light, and you feel very connected to uh, the garden and the outdoors. So uh, Chris Strand, went to as director of garden and estate, um, came up with the idea to really do some interesting things to uh, provide more tours of the garden so people can have like a hands-on uh, experience. We recently had started... Um, guided tours for uh, how to walk and run at the Winter tour property. Oh. So young moms with the strollers or just, you know, couples right. or people who just want to come out and walk around and get some exercise um, can come out, um, you know, join Winter tour as a member, which has uh, just manifold benefits, which i will be happy to talk about. <laughs> um, but there are 10 miles of roadways and uh, walking trails at Winter tour So one of the things that we'll be doing um, is uh, Chris uh, will be putting together new events in um, April April and May. One is going to be our one will be our first ever daffodil days on April 18, and um, that will celebrate really the tradition of daffodils at Winnetour and just sort of their beauty, um, you know, as these eternal bulbs that return. Mm-hmm. And then in May, um, he is having just in time for Mother's Day on May 9, uh, an azaleas tour, and that will go on all day long. And then we'll have another day. Uh, later that month, that will focus on um, peonies. So um, <laughs> these will give people an opportunity to come in, uh, connect with the garden, learn about it, walk and stroll, uh, and engage with a lot of the gardening staff, and they really love to share their information. In fact, there's a host of uh, walks that we have um, throughout the year on Wednesdays and Saturdays, so uh, everyone can check the website for updates on those. Okay. But we really encourage people to come out, you know, get outdoors, especially after this winter, and um, embrace embrace the outdoors in the season. Right. And um, one of the things I'd like to note is that this year, um, you know, winter is in the middle of a, a $15 million capital campaign uh, that was embarked upon by, uh, of course, Dr. Roselle, Bob Davis, and the Board of Trustees. And uh, we were delighted that in uh, 2015 we were able to, to announce a new leadership position had been endowed, honoring Charles F. Hummel, and so this was uh, just done. It's a conservation post that's been named for the former senior deputy director, and that resulted from a federal challenge grant and one point uh, two five million raised by Winetour. So, wow. so that's exciting. Our mm-hmm. conservation department is always very active, doing a lot of research. Right. Um, you know, we have folks involved with a lot of. Uh, antiquities restoration, the recent Picasso finding. Uh, we have people there involved with that. So in terms of uh, events coming around the corner, uh-huh. uh, we do have the beloved Point Point yes. coming up <laughs> uh, May 3rd this year. And we want to thank uh, Dogfish Head Brewing and Eats uh, for being uh, one of our sponsors. Oh, great. Um, and they recently uh, held a uh, kickoff uh, celebration uh, February 12th to help kind of get things rolling for the year um, with Point to Point. So that's always just a wonderful day. It's sort of become an annual Rite of Spring for the region. Oh, where folks can uh, reconnect in the community, as we say, get outdoors. And it is held on the Winterter Estate. So, um, you know, that's always a lot of fun for people. Um, we've uh, been featuring every year a Bank to Bend lecture as the spring season comes upon us. And so we'll be having that this year with uh, the head gardener from Middles- Middleton uh, Gardens in the U.K. And, um, oh gosh, we have the second Saturday garden walks, Wednesdays at tour lots of uh, workshops. Uh, one of the things uh, coming up um, in later in the year uh, will be our very popular and this is only going into its third year but it's called truck and tractor day and this was developed um across the institution but it really was a way to um get you know young families um provide a day where we could you know put out farm equipment we have hay rides um we have folks there from the tour Fire Department doing uh, demonstrations. And so it's, it's a great way for, you know, we see a lot of, like, you know, dads with their sons, their little boys coming out. And people right. tell us there's not a whole lot to do with boys necessarily. Uh-huh. A lot of times, it, you know, things tend to be geared more for girls. But this is this is for both. And and so uh, we had, gosh, I don't know if it was uh, 1,200, 1,300 people in the last year. And it just keeps growing every year. Oh, so that's, that's fantastic. very, very exciting. Um, and then, of course, as we get into the fall, we have the Delaware Antique Show in November. And this past year, uh, we had Jessica Fellows come as our keynote speaker. And, of course, she's the niece of Julian Fellows. Um, so we'll be continuing the fun all year. Lots of really great things. I'd encourage everyone to join. You, you can come to uh, see Lisa's great exhibition for free. Uh, please go to our website, org or visit us on Facebook or Twitter, uh, WinterMuse. Muse. Uh, we're on YouTube, Pinterest, Flickr. Uh, please connect with us. Okay,
0: well, thank you so much. We've come to the end of our time. So Liz Farrell and Lisa Minardi of Winter. thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having
2: us, Kristen. Thank you.